Hi everybody and welcome to Diane and Langdon, a podcast in which we analyze various media. Today we're going to be picking up from last time with episode 4 of Full Metal Alchemist, the 2003 anime adaptation. I am Diane, I am an archaeologist in Washington, D.C. And I'm Langdon, I'm a comedian in Washington, D.C. And so we're going to go ahead and catch you up with where we've been in the series so far. Uh, so, so far we have got Ed and Alphonse and they are brothers. They are also alchemists and they recently lost their bodies in a human transmutation gone wrong. They attempted to bring their mother back to life and now they are going on a quest to regain what they have lost. Alphonse lost his entire body and Edward an arm and a leg. Um, last episode, we had a flashback and we learned about their troubled childhood and their absent father, who was also an alchemist. Their mother died when they were really relatively young and their buddy, Winry, also lost her parents. Uh, the boys trained with an alchemist teacher. Then they attempted their human transmutation to bring their mother back. And then they burned their house down after receiving an offer from a man named Roy Mustang to go to Central and become state alchemists. Well, and that's part of, like, they don't just burn their house down so they can become state alchemists. It's because they, they, they really, really want to get they don't their bodies want any, back. They don't want any anchors to, to exactly. their hometown. Nothing to fall back on and give up with. Right. They they're, want, they're, yeah. they're both committing themselves kind of to each other to get their bodies mm-hmm. back. Yes. Um, cause, and and you, you'll see them converse often where, like, every time Edward is like, I'm going to get you your body back, Alphonse is like, I'm going to get you your arm and your leg back. Like, don't worry about me. Yeah. That's that's how it always feels to me, um, and that's that's good brother stuff, so I'm okay with that. It's it's a little odd to me though because like, if I lost my entire body and then you lost your arm and your leg and you were like, <laughs> Diane, we're gonna get your 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 entire body back and then we'll focus on my arm and a leg. I'd be like, bitch, you better. <laughs> I'm the one suffering more here. So this is why Alphonse is my favorite character because he's not a jerk. Um, he's not selfish. Are you uh, calling me selfish? I didn't say that. You read that into what I said. Okay. Um, so episode four is called A Forger's Love. Um, it's still inside of this flashback. It is, but I'm quite excited because this is actually the very first yes. episode we've got that does not rely on the manga at all. This is yes. entirely original. Um, and, and we so told you last finally... time that we would not reference the manga. Yes. So we're going to try our dangdest <laughs> to not do that. Um, uh, when we get to like our final thoughts on the episode as a whole, we'll probably have to talk about the manga a little bit. Right. Um, but we're going to do our best to not make comparisons to the manga because mm-hmm. I know that we do that a lot and we are really trying to look at the show on its own merit. Mm-hmm. It's just difficult because it comes from source material that's so, so good yeah. and so well thought out. And mm-hmm. so far, it has not lived up to that standard for me. Yes, I, I, I agree with that. But let's go ahead and dive right into this episode, episode four, A Forger's Love. So we get a quick glimpse to the last part of last episode, mm-hmm. uh, which is when the boys are burning down their house to kind of remove that final tether to their hometown. And Edward is having no reaction to this. Yeah, but... He looks totally spaced out. Like, there's no emotional impact on him at all. Right. Yeah, no, it's... it's. I hate it. Um, um, anyway. <laughs> 
So they get on a train and they are on their way to Central to become state alchemists, to take the state alchemist exam. And they have this conversation about Rizumbul and asking, you know, hey, are you are you going to miss Rizumbul? I mean, I just, what about you, man? Are you gonna miss? Like, yeah. neither one of them wants to admit. Right, that it, they're about that they're gonna miss their home. It's where they grew up, so obviously they're gonna miss it. But they're both tr- they're both being very coy and very like young boy about oh, it. Yeah. Like you oh, can't yeah. you can't show emotions as a young man. So, but it is quite obvious that that's what's yeah, going yeah, yeah. on. That that they actually are both deeply attached to it and sad to be leaving, and you just know, playing tough. That's it's interesting because that's this is probably the first time that like a brother beat has hit for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's also super weird to have this moment where like everything is so clear both in the animation and in the voice acting that this is how they are feeling when we just came off a moment in which edward has (laughs) zero feelings so (laughs) hey he just loves trains they get him excited trains just Uh, get him relaxed and ready to talk about life man um but they're talking about going to central um and we have a quick flashback to last episode flashback to the flashback um, uh, to Roy Mustang, who is a uh, colonel at this point. Yes, he yes. should be a lieutenant colonel. Uh, so he is a lieutenant colonel in the Amestrian Army, um, and he was in Reasonable on the night that they attempted human transmutation. Um, mm-hmm. He didn't intervene, but after the boys <laughs> were uh, fixed up, in, if you want to call it that, uh, he kind of went to the place they were staying and made this offer that if they come to Central, he'll try and make them state alchemists. Yes. Um, so they're on their way to go meet Roy and find out what that's all about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Edward asks Alphonse if he's worried about Winry, who is their good friend uh, who they left behind. Yes. Um, and obviously they're both worried about Winry because they're her best friends yeah, and they, they love left. Her. Uh, we get a glimpse into Rizumbul and we see Winry and Granny Pinnico, and they've just learned that the boys have left. Right, they just found the house, right? Yeah, they, yeah. well, yeah. And Granny Pinnico basically says there's there's nothing they could have done to stop them. Yeah, because the boys have made their minds up, and when an Elric makes his mind up to do something, nothing's going to stand between him and his goal. Right, and Winry is, of course, just distraught over yeah. this. Yeah. Um, and then we get a restating of really the law. Really quickly, though, before, mm-hmm. we, before we jump into that, I want to point out that, like, just from last episode, we were talking about the timeline of the night that they attempted human transmutation. Yes. And we kind of gauged that their houses are probably, like, a qu- at least a quarter mile apart, just based on this very country town that they live in. Yeah. But the boys burned their house down, and presumably nobody saw. Right. So saw they're this probably burning house even on a hill. farther away. Maybe. That might be getting like that too might be getting too much. Think hard about it, but but maybe there's some trees. Perhaps I don't know. Or maybe it was late at night and they just didn't. Whatever I the do case know, may be. In the manga, um, no, I know we said we no. weren't going to talk about it, but I am going to. I mean, I'm going to use this to talk about. Oh my god, something. We didn't, we didn't make it five minutes. Shut up. So we do know that in the manga, Winry and Granny Pinnacle are actually there when they burn the house down. Yeah. Um, they're standing there with them and Winry is crying and Edward is just like, hey, it's going to be fine, dude. Like, yeah. they, they have a moment there. But we don't get that in this. So Well, that was kind of about last episode. So we'll count that as not talking about the manga. <laughs> right, everybody? Um, okay. So, we, so we, we see the boys on the train. We see Winry and Granny. Uh, mm-hmm realizing that the boys have left um and then we've already had this scene a few times in the show already yes this uh, but, dialogue but alphonse narrates over it 
um, and he restates the law of equivalent exchange, which is that to get something, you have to sacrifice something, and you can't get something of greater value than what you put in. Um, so this is kind of the law that guides all alchemists. Um, and whenever he <laughs> gives this line, we show pictures of the boys with their mom and dad, but their dad is kind of, there's a glare on the picture that mm -hmm. blocks him out. And then we see the boys with just their mom. Um, and I think this is new, but we see just the boys. I do think that this is technically the intro. I think that this is what we're going to get at the start of every single episode after oh, our cold open. Um, but the, the thing that gets me is, is not the stating of the law of equivalent exchange. That is fine. As long as you can stick to your law of equivalent exchange. Um, the issue that I have is at the time we thought that was the true way of the world, which is how Alphonse buttons this, um, which just adds another question to this. We're keeping a running list of questions that we want them to answer over the course of the series. And this yeah. is another one. Well, did they're, that they're change? Responsible. They're responsible to answer these questions. They are responsible to answer these questions. But did that change? Do you no longer think that equivalent exchange holds true? It's it's quite confusing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, we, we have that. Um, and then we get our opening credits. Um, and you guys already know how we feel about the opening credits. But... <laughs> There was one scene that uh, stood... I think in the past we've been focused on so many other things with the opening credits that we've kind of let this one slide, but not today. <laughs> There's a scene, like, very close to the beginning of the two boys, like, standing on this... Ta it looks like... It looks like Delfino Plaza from Super Mario Sunshine. <laughs> and they're standing on, like, the edge of this tower, like, 20 stories up. How did they get up there? What... What are they doing there? He's the rocket nozzle. <laughs> Okay, I don't want to talk about the, the opening <laughs> credits anymore. They're really dumb. They really don't fit the they show. Don't, they don't fit the theme of the show, especially because this is this is taking strides to be a pretty dark show, and it just does not fit tonally with it. Yeah, we, we listened to some of the, the intros and outros from Brotherhood, the, the, the later anime series, uh, and they're just so much better tonally. They fit mm -hmm. the content so much better. This song is so poppy and bouncy and just doesn't make any sense with this particularly dark adaptation of Full Metal. Another like, thing that I really hate about it is is honestly how it's animated. Some of this poppy upbeat song is playing and a lot of these shots that they've got are so slow. Like even the one that just creeps take a long time. It creeps over there's one that creeps over this transmutation circle and it takes so long and it it feels like honestly a juxtaposition of this shot that feels like it should be to a slower beat mm -hmm. with this song it feels completely out of place and that happens several times over the course of and, it well and there's also the mountain shot that takes like probably like a good 10 12 15 seconds and we've yet to see mountains in this arc that's true um i don't know it it, it all kind of speaks to something that i'm sure we'll talk about more this episode and that I'm, we'll definitely talk about as we continue but it feels like the show is somewhat cheaply made I really don't think that a lot of, like, financial love was put into this project at all. Yeah, it, it, it definitely feels rushed or like it was an obligatory make. Like, the people who were sat down in this room to make it and write it were told, you're going to make and write this. And they didn't, they, they had no personal love for the series. Yeah. It definitely feels that way. Anyway, uh, after the opening credits, um, we are at a train station. The boys are switching trains. Their next train isn't until that until the next morning. Um, and uh, some local goon 
steals a woman's handbag. Uh, and we I hate the music that they use. They use they have this like silly hijinks theme that they use whenever goofy stuff is happening. But it's it's like Benny Hill. But again, it just do, it's <laughs> it doesn't fit. But after this, the boys stop him with alchemy, but not before he has a chance to pull a gun on them. Yes. And I have a lot of issues with this. First of all, this man is running and he runs into a drawn trap that they've set up for him on the floor. Because to do alchemy, you need to have a transmutation circle. Right. So when when did they have the time to draw that transmutation circle? Because it's big. It is. It's relatively large. And second, how does... Finding yourself in the middle of a transmutation circle stop you from firing a gun. Yeah. Well... It doesn't... Like, I realize it could stun you, but if your finger's on the trigger, which it shouldn't be, kids, if you if you have a gun, you shouldn't put your finger on the trigger unless you're ready to shoot it. But if you've got your finger on the trigger, then honestly, that shock should make you just kind of shoot. <laughs> so, so what they show is that he walks in this transmutation circle and then the boys use alchemy, Edward specifically uses alchemy... To make this cage appear around him. And we see the bars of the cage kind of forming themselves. Yes. And they hit his hand and they knock the gun out. Um, But but it takes way too long. Well, and it's another case, I just realized this, where there, where equivalent exchange isn't followed because we don't we see... We don't see the outside... Like, the, material the material used to make the cage it. is not taken out of the platform. The cage right. just appears. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, man. But then... They, they, I don't get their alchemy <laughs> at all. And I, I know we, ha- we have pages and pages of notes about it for this episode specifically we do we do um, um but then we we hear of there's a man who comes up and he's wearing this he's a security guard he's wearing the the sir, like the silver imperial german army helmet i'm obsessed with it i think it's amazing <laughs> i have no particular feelings for it i think um, it you're is... always paying attention to like costume design and you haven't said I, yeah. anything about edward's ridiculous coat or his enormous boots with red soles. I absolutely love that because it it should be oh, it called out. Because yeah. he doesn't know how in to the dress source himself. he does get called out consistently for having bad taste, and so I need that. I need them to call him out, being like, "You don't know how to be a real person, yeah. dude." You look but ridiculous. Like, other than that, I actually love it. Um, as long as it stays true to that sort of sub- that that lamp shading. Anyways, you also love this Imperial German helmet. I do, um, I love it. Uh, but this security guard, <laughs> he comes up to the guy, to the to the young man, the uh, the Elrics. Yes. Uh, and he's like, did you catch this guy? Was that alchemy? That's amazing. The only alchemist that we have around these parts is Maj Hall. Mm-hmm. Uh, he lives in the next town over, but don't go there because there's a scary rumor that dead people are coming back to life and attacking the villagers in this nearby town that Maj Hall lives in. Um, so we have we have a lot of questions about this. <laughs> um, well, well I, I don't have any questions about this. That seems pretty normal. <laughs> so we're later going to learn that only one person is really talking about the existence of this ghost, and it's a child. <laughs> so does this guy exclusively talk to this child? Because this child must be his sole source of information on this right. rumor if no one else in town is talking about it. The- the level of like how seriously people take this rumor seems to fluctuate to wherever the writers need it to be, which is a common theme with things in this show. The writers just do whatever is useful at the time. Yeah. Um, but so that kind of sets up our plot for this episode is they're going to go to this town. They're going to meet this other alchemist, Majhal, 
um, and they're going to investigate this rumor. Um, and they play some music over the... As the guy's telling the rumor, they play that scary lab theme that mm-hmm. we really like. So that's the first good track in this show. Yep. Um, and they use it to great effect. They, they, they're they not afraid to use it, which is a little frustrating because it's like, what is this theme for? Well, we'll find out. Um, but, but it's definitely it's definitely uh, a highlight of the show for me, at least, is this song. I, they, it's very, very nice. And then we get the shot of the boys in a carriage. They're yep. in, a, I guess, a stagecoach on their way to Maj Hall's um, place. And Ed actually brings up that he saw Maj Hall's name in their dad's letters. And it really couldn't meet to hurt this guy. Or really. Oh, boy. <laughs> it really couldn't hurt to meet this guy. <laughs> you're, you're getting ahead of yourself, I think. Um, right. So, so he's one of their father's correspondents. He wrote to their dad about human transmutation. So... On top of investigating this rumor, they also get to meet another alchemist who has at least studied human transmutation right. and might be able to help them get their bodies back. Um, right. Alphonse says that this whole trip, getting away from Raisin Bull, he's excited about it. It looks like it's going to be a good trip, and he's happy that he was able to help people. Uh, so he's a good boy, and he deserves as many head pats as you can afford. And then we cut to the boys walking they have arrived in this town and Mm -hmm. edward is complaining about the seats on the stagecoach and how they were so solid and and hard and and he turns to alphonse who we must remind you doesn't have a body and hasn't for a minute um and (laughs) edward says didn't it bother you, Alphonse? Of course not. <laughs> of course they, it didn't. You can't feel anything. But that. But also, sure. when they're when they're at the train station, he says that they should just sleep until their next train. He says, "Let's go to sleep." And I still, I'm still undecided on whether or not Alphonse can sleep in this anime. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, he's not supposed to be able to sleep. Sorry for referencing the manga again, guys. We're really trying. Um, <laughs> it's hard. They come upon this town, and the, the whole town is decorated. Uh, Edward says that these are incredible decorations, and it looks like it's set up for a festival. Uh, as they're watching this, a firework goes off behind them and startles them. Um, and a group of young men, uh, probably ranging between like 10 and 16. Yeah. Uh, so there's five or six of them. Uh, they pop up. They're rehearsing the fireworks and they yell at Edward and Alphonse because the area is off limits. And their leader, who is a young man who appears to be about 11 or 12. And a little newsboy cap. Um, yes, a little newsboy cap. Uh, he looks like a Digimon protagonist. It's another <laughs> like case where the animation is very like painfully... Aughts. Yes. And it's a new character, so I'm allowed to say whatever I want about their design. Uh, but the leader of this gang, he orders the boys to beat up Edward and Alphonse, and Edward and Alphonse are like, oh, you want to fight? And then... They fall. They fall. Edward trips, and then Alphonse, Alphonse falls, also trips. and then the next bit we see is of the boys kind of sitting on top of them, so yeah. we don't even And they're like, get... we caught him! They yeah yeah we don't even get like this fight scene with them they just they just fall and that's I I mean why even introduce the concept yeah. of a fight if you're not even going to show it to us um so these ruffian boys have caught Edward and Alphonse um and an old hippie approaches them uh so he's <laughs> <laughs> um he uses alchemy to fi- uh, when when Alphonse fell, he broke this like staff nearby. Yeah. And this guy uses alchemy to fix it. He's wearing like a, a leather wristband that has a transmutation circle on it, so that yep. he doesn't have to draw a transmutation circle every time. Uh, but obviously, this old hippie is Maj Hall. Yes. Um. So he uh gets Edward and Alphonse. He takes them to his home. Um. And he reveals immediately that he already knows 
that Alphonse is just a soul bonded to armor. I don't uh, know how, but... I, I, I have to imagine that, like... Y- y- yes, Diane is correct, because it's not something that everybody knows or realizes right away. Mm-hmm. But I have to think that because of this individual's transmutation-like specialty, I have to imagine there are some cues to where someone in the know could be like, that doesn't seem right. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the time it's that people don't even acknowledge soul bonding as an option. So they don't have any way to even contextualize the idea that Alphonse might be just a soul bonded to armor. Right. That doesn't even enter their minds. And I think that this, we we will learn very soon that this individual is different. Um, He speaks very highly of their dad, Hohenheim. um, And he says that Edward and Alphonse take after him. Mm -hmm. Edward asks him about human transmutation. Majhal counters that it is illegal. And he says that the costs of human transmutation are altogether too great and it is an act that only God should perform. Which is kind of a weird thing for him to say, we'll find out. Because uh, if he really felt that way, probably would behave differently. Well, it's technically a different thing. Um, right. Human transmutation, in most cases, means specifically bringing someone back to life. Yes. Um, but there's a lot of things that this show specifically does uh, that are in that area. Yes. Um, Edward asks Maj Hall... Uh, why he was talking to their dad, Hohenheim, about trans- human transmutation, if it's so wrong. And Majhal just kind of blows it off. He's like, I was a kid. I was excited about alchemy. And I, my, I went down this path and like, we were talking about it, but I wouldn't do it. Um, and then we get an old woman named Lebby who shows up at Majhal's home and she's bringing him some rose jam. She's got a hood on. Um, she... We spend some time after he takes the jam watching her leave with her head bowed. And over all of that, they're playing the creepy alchemy lab theme, which is kind of our our signal that something hinky's going on here. Yeah, she's definitely important. Yeah. Um, God, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm like already thinking ahead to how bad this episode is. Sorry, guys. Um, so she brings in the jam uh, back in his house that... It's dinner time, so Majhal is feeding the boys. Edward is voraciously destroying this food. I, I love watching Edward devour food. It is yeah. fascinating. It it's is one- <laughs> like watching a train crash. <laughs> it, it, this, this is one of the like highlights of the animation uh, for this show, is him eating, because they do this like super jerky, exaggerated, like he's shoveling food into his mouth. Um, and they do it a little later, because he gets mad at that gang leader from earlier, and he like just- tries to punch him. I love it. It's just a beautiful, morbid curiosity that I watch Edward (laughs) pounding down food. Um, But as they introduce this scene, they really, like, spend some time on this doll, this, like, German doll sitting on Majhal's mantle. Uh, Why, though? Because we're going to tell you now, we never see this doll again. At all. (laughs) So they show this doll, but nothing actually happens with it. Um, Yeah. And nothing happen. Nothing will happen with it. Yeah, um, um, but then we we get this this we get to talk about this the requiem festival. Yes. So the town was set up uh, very nicely because they are having the requiem festival, which in this town is a festival that they have where they use the fireworks to kind of symbolize sending up the spirits of the dead uh, up to heaven or wherever they believe in. Um, Edward asks about the rumor that they heard at the train station about uh, people coming back to life and attacking villagers, and Majhal says it's nothing. Um, yeah. 
there's a knock on the door and it's that boy in the news cap who was the leader of the gang and his dad has brought him back to apologize to Edward and Alphonse. Uh, but this boy, his name is Claus. Not Klaus. Claus. Um, like, not, not even like Santa Claus, C-L-A-U-S. It's Claus, yeah. like the grammatical construct. Yes. Um, but Claus is defiant and he doesn't want to apologize because he, yes. he's a bratty little kid. Um, yes. He says that his sister was actually killed when that lady came back to life. Also, <laughs> Claus is a girl. Yes. <laughs> we... We learn that this boy in the news cap is actually a girl in the news cap. And Matal says, oh, you used to be such a sweet girl. Um, but no one's taking Claus very seriously. Uh, kind of because she's probably because she's being kind of a jerk. Um, yeah. But she gets smad and she runs away crying um, and the boys run after her. She trips and she starts to fall down this embankment. And Edward quickly sketches a transmutation circle. I don't I don't know what happens. The river gets frozen. The river freeze. My problem with it is that freezing water <laughs> doesn't really seem I mean, I guess you could do that with alchemy. Yeah. I guess there are some alchemists. Well, there's at least one alchemist in Brotherhood who does it. Yeah. Um but he also does it from a distance, which is super weird. Like he he does it up on the embankment and you see like the energy shoot down the embankment into the river. Whereas I would expect him to have to be doing very it close on to the river. it, yeah. Um, it's weird. There's That's there's a... no rules. Yeah. Uh, so now that Claus has not fallen into the river, uh, she feels comfortable talking to Edward and Alphonse, and she tells them a little bit more about her sister's death. Uh, her sister's death was very sudden. She was found dead with no discernible cause. Mm -hmm. Um, and at her funeral, a woman named Karen appears. And Claus's dad and Claus see Karin. Um, but Karin died several years ago. Mm -hmm. um, she lived in the village like 20 years ago, but she's been dead for a while. Um, it's super interesting because the image that we see of her, she has hair that's very similar to Lebby's. So she and Lebby are the same person. And yeah. we know that automatically because their hair is the same. Yep. And also because... Uh, because Lebby oh, has no, a scary alchemy theme. So Claus blames Karin for uh her sister's death she told maj hall about it but maj hall won't do anything so claus is mad at maj hall um edward says that look it's impossible you can't uh you can't bring somebody back to life so karen definitely wasn't there and there's nothing we can do about your sister mm -hmm. um claus gets mad calls edward a pipsqueak which yep. he hates yep um big mistake huge uh, and she also calls Alphonse an armor otaku, which I hate. Otaku is a Japanese word, and it kind of means like a like a like a nerd, right? But but it's it's a little more severe than a nerd. Like if you're an otaku, like people don't want to be your friend, <laughs> right? I mean, but I but I hate that like if you're it's a contextual language. If you're translate <laughs> if you're translating a show into English, please do it. Don't don't give me like a half translation and expect me to know what an otaku is. Right. Like, like she could have called him an armor nerd or an armor geek or armor obsessed. And I think that otaku is the word that Edward uses to Winry when he calls her a gearhead is how it's translated. I believe so. I believe you're right about yeah. that. So, so there are ways around it. You don't have to like it, it's the same thing. Like when I see someone say, oh, your senpai is calling. It's like, I don't. Right. No, as a as a former translator, I absolutely second that. Like if you're translating, you want 
to translate into your target language with the assumption that they don't know anything about the language from which it's being translated. So right. you, you need you need to adapt. Uh, we, we often say that translation is more about interpretation because you also are adapting and translating culture when you're working with it. So this is, this is a moment where that was not accomplished. Right. And I understand that, like, there are certain words, um, and the one that jumps to mind is hikikomori, which, like, there is no good english uh equivalent to it because it has it has a connotation that is a lot sharper than any uh english uh any, any word in english that you could use to translate it right uh, so i've seen it as shrinking violet which is certainly less severe than what hikikomori actually means um you said recluse which is probably as close as you can get mm -hmm. to it but but there are ways around it is the point and like Yes, learning Japanese, you will get a certain amount more from watching anime in its original Japanese because there are certain uh, cues that you can pick up on that you wouldn't be able to if you didn't know anything about Japanese. Right. But you should still translate as if everyone watching doesn't know anything about Japanese. Absolutely. But um, back to the episode. Ed yes. asks why she is wearing boys' clothes. And Claus says, shut up. And then she runs away. Yes. Um... That's where we have our commercial break. Hey! Uh, when we get back from commercial, uh, Maj Hall, they're back at Maj Hall's house, and he tells the boys that Karin was a woman who sold uh, flowers in the village 20 years ago. Specifically, she sold this very difficult-to-grow blue rose. Mm -hmm. And remember, Levy brought him rose jam. So again, they've already revealed their hand to us. I don't feel like we're spoiling it for the viewers, because I think anybody... There's no mystery here. Anybody who was watching this would be like, oh, so it's the same person as Levy? Yep. Um... But she was in a carriage delivering flowers, and the carriage crashed, and she died. She fell off a cliff. Yes. Um, Edward brings up these rumors that Karin uh, was at um, Claus's sister's funeral and is attacking villagers. But Majhal blows it off. He says that's impossible. Mm -hmm. uh, later, the boys are discussing, um, and they agree that Majhal is the only person who would be capable of human transmutation in the village. Mm -hmm. And then they hear a strange noise. Yeah, it sounds like... Honestly, like rats, like a bunch of rats screeching. You say rats, I think it sounds like a balloon, like <laughs> when you let the air out of it in a certain way. Um, we have different lives. But so we cut from there to this little bar um, and the lighting is odd here. And, and I bring this up because the next scene, it'll become relevant. But like when Claus was telling about her sister, that was evening. Yes. So when they're talking to Maj Hall, that's the next day. Yes. And then the boys are talking on their own for a second. Yes. And they hear that strange noise. And now, even assuming it's sundown here, because it looks like it's either sun's coming up or sun's going down. Mm -hmm. What happened the rest of this day? Yeah. That really frustrated me. Um, yeah. But Claus and her gang, they're meeting at this little bar. Um, she, they changed her eyes. Yes, they tweaked her eyes so that now her lashes go out a little bit further. Yeah. And she has little, little eyelash wings. So now you they, know So she's now we know for sure she's a girl. And the, the, the gang agrees that they have to do something about Karin, about this zombie, this ghost. Um, and they're going to take matters into their own hands tonight at the graveyard. Um, and Levy is also at this little bar nearby and she spills like a bowl of soup. And someone's like, ah, oh, you crazy old woman. Because uh, right. she's kind of she's like, she's kind of weird. She's a little like out of it. She kind of yeah. seems like the town. Um... Just the town pariah. She's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, get a, we get to the graveyard. Edward and Alphonse are there. And we're still not sure what happened to the rest of this day. Because if that was in the morning, then there's a whole gap in the day. If that was in the evening, there's still a whole gap in the day. But it's nighttime now. 
Um, Alphonse is saying that he really hopes they're not going to run into any zombies in the graveyard because he's super scared of zombies and like, bro, you an armor. <laughs> what are zombies gonna do to you? Maybe he's scared of the idea of zombies. Not good enough for me. Okay. Um, <laughs> this is Alphonse Elric, okay? Um, but uh, the boys are walking through the graveyard and they fall into a little like net trap. Mm-hmm. that the gang of boys, Klaus's gang, has laid. Yes. Um, so the boys show up and they're like, we got her! And they're like, oh no, we just got these two alchemists. Um, and then we do see a ghost or a zombie, and it is Karin, and all the other uh, ruffians run away except for Claus. And Claus is like, you took my sister from me? And then he runs at her, he attacks she her. She runs at her. She, oh, I, see, they, they got me all messed up, because I already, like... Uh, Claus is running at this zombie Karin. Maj Hall intervenes. He steps in between Claus and Karin. And he has this lantern. And he uses alchemy. <laughs> 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 so mad. Um, Majal steps in between them and he uses alchemy to take the fire from his <laughs> he uses alchemy to take the fire from his lantern and throw it at this zombie lady. <laughs> um, when I saw this I had to leave the room. I went into a different room and I screamed for a little bit. Why? And then I came out and I went into the kitchen and I poured myself a couple shots, and then I made myself a mixed drink, and then poured myself another shot, yeah. and then came back with my mixed drink to watch. Um, this was like a recess from this episode. <laughs> we we actually stopped. It. I needed to take a break um, because it, oh, okay. So what we just saw this guy do was fucking <laughs> flame alchemy. <laughs> okay, so he just did flame alchemy but like there's so many there's so much from back in this one that transmutation circle that was on his wristband that he used to to fix the the pole at the very beginning it hasn't changed so he just used the exact same transmutation circle to do flame alchemy so so i don't have a problem with i that do thing. i do but your problem is based on a manga comparison no my my problem is based on the fact that we have seen a bunch of different transmutation circles thus far in the series, we have seen Edward and Alphonse draw many different transmutation circles to show that different transmutation circles many? do different things. Several. To show a that few. different transmutation circles do different things. And so it's, a transmutation circle is a formula. It's literally a formula for doing the alchemy. And that means that this this alchemy is just this transmutation circle is just a catch-all it does everything it's fine there are no rules also now when we finally see roy mustang do flame alchemy which we should have seen last episode when we met him it's not going to mean anything because he's going to be up there be like i'm the flame alchemist snap snap spark spark and i'm just going to be like Saint it. For, for the uninitiated, Roy Mustang, uh, as we learned last episode, he is the flame alchemist. So what? This and, guy can do flame alchemy. Right. The The reason that Diane is upset is because... Well, part of the reason Diane is upset is because each... He's my favorite character. That too. Um, each... <laughs> can I talk? No. Uh, okay. Uh, each state alchemist gets their certification 
by presenting research into a new avenue of alchemy. Mm-hmm. And specifically, Roy Mustang's research into flame alchemy is it's cutting edge. Mm-hmm. Nobody else is doing flame alchemy, and and people really can't do it. They don't really know how. Yeah. So it's extremely extreme. And sorry, I know this is a manga thing, uh, but we'll get into it later in the anime I, later too. I assume. So back off. Um, it's very very odd to see someone else do flame alchemy, especially because we haven't even seen Roy do it yet. And he's the flame alchemist. Flame alchemy is his thing. He should have been the person to introduce it to right. us. But now, even when we see him do it, we're gonna be like, okay, every every every, every Tom chump Dick and is, Harry yeah. with a transmutation wristband can do it. Like, yeah, every old hippie can do flame alchemy. Come on. So what? Uh, Anyways. Oh, God, uh, I'm so mad. You, I feel like you have a lot more to say about it when we get into our final thoughts. Yeah. Um, but, but just to get the episode wrapped up, because I can't wait to be done talking about this episode. Um, he throws the fire onto the zombie car, and she goes down, and she makes the same strange noise that they heard earlier that rats. sounds like rats or a balloon. Um, nobody does anything. Edward and Alphonse just watch this woman get immolated. I don't know how they got out of the hole, first of all. I don't know how they got out of the trap that the that Klaus's gang set. Um, this is the moment where I just kind of like emotionally tapped out. Klaus doesn't do anything. So they're watching a woman burn alive, presumably, and they just don't care. No reaction. But um, there's another character here. Though. Lust is there. But the way that they introduce lust being here is that it is so like close in on her face and cuts immediately from this immolation close up of of Karin being burned alive of Karin's face as she's burning up and then we get immediately yeah. get a close up of lust and so you're like yeah, was thought, lust Karin? I, I thought she was when we I first did too. I we had to go back. Yeah, but no, she is a separate woman who is also there. Yes, yeah, she's there for eh? Yeah. Um, and then she comments that Majhal is a second-rate alchemist, and she leaves. So she's like, yeah, she's she's like just like I thought, a second-rate alchemist or something. Yes, and then Ed Edward sees her leave. Edward watches her leave, and does nothing. I mean, there is zero fallout from this scene. Mm-hmm. Ed has no reaction to beyond when he hears like the little rat balloon sound. He's like, wait, that sound. And then he watches his woman burn alive, and yeah. then he watches Les walk away, and he's just like, huh, huh. Uh, it, it's so like so he doesn't bad. look serious; he just looks like curious. It's it's yeah. so weird. Um, there is yeah, there's no reaction. They don't try to intervene or be humanist well, on any level. And the thing is, as they're um, as they're like further investigating the mystery of this town, he never once is like, oh yeah, and I saw a lady in the graveyard when we burned that woman alive. Yeah, she yeah, never this, comes up again. The, yeah. She has no bearing on the plot here. I am I'm broken from this scene. This this is the scene that broke me. I re- I really 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 wanted this episode to be good. Me too. Because it is the first episode that's totally original content. Oh, and kids, we're not even done yet. <sighs> yeah. So um, so so back in the town, which doesn't have a name. Yeah, we we don't uh, we don't. Get which a name. doesn't make any sense because all the other towns are named, and it just kind of goes back to what we've been saying, which is like I don't think that they really cared when they made this show yeah i don't think they tried very hard at all yeah um, but there's fireworks going off there's a party people are happy that maj hall has killed this zombie they're drinking sherry out of these little sherry glasses but again is this rumor a popular rumor because when claus talks about it everyone's kind of like ah shut up claus right but when but... maj hall kills a zombie everyone's like you finally killed the zombie it's like what dude what's up yeah. i thought you didn't believe in the zombie yeah it's it's quite inconsistent and i just i just need everyone to decide how we feel about the zombie 
and we can go from there. But we get a cut to Edward and Alphonse, and they are exploring Ma Chao's house. Right. They're using this party as an opportunity to explore his house uninterrupted. Yes. Um, and and <laughs> another one of your favorite scenes. And Edward um, says that wasn't that it wasn't human transmutation or a zombie. And then suddenly, Lebby is there for yeah. reasons undisclosed because she she doesn't live there, so she's just like yeah. creeping around in Majal's house too. And they do they do kind of confront her about it because she says that Majal will be cross with them, and they do briefly. They're like, okay, well, he's going to be cross with you too. And then, but she, in retaliation, um, so. We get this, the creepy lab theme again. And then in retaliation for the boys questioning her presence there, she holds up her candle at Edward and this hypnotizes him or makes him nauseated. The bright light burns his head and interferes with a pressing migraine and he falls over. It's yeah. really unclear what happens, but she holds, she thrusts the candle no, at him. No, she doesn't even thrust she it. Doesn't she, just kinda, she just kind of moves it. There's like a pulse... And then you cut. It cuts back to Edward, and he's kind of like, uh, and then he just faints. And he grabs his head like, what? <laughs> he happened? falls because a candle. He falls then, because candle. Yes. And then Edward finds himself in a room full of all these marionette dolls that look like Karen. Yes. And then Alphonse is is of course concerned about Edward, and, and he he calls on Nissan, and he's like. He's upset. And then all of a sudden, Majal is there, and he uses the same band, by the way, that did um, the fixing of the pole and the flame alchemy to make Alphonse pass out, which I don't know how that happens because yeah. he's not a real person. I don't yeah. know if that means he, like, did his alchemy on to... It, it's the same thing. The with... so but, like, the thing is, also with alchemy, you kind of do have to be touched, like... Having yeah. the transmutation circle on you is helpful, but it do, you do then have to also be touching the thing that you're transmuting. Yeah, it's, it's and he doesn't the same, touch him. It's the same thing with the candle. Like she like moves the candle, and that somehow affects Edward. Um, when Majhal appears in his house, he just kind of holds the wristband up. The transmutation circle glows, and then it cuts to black. Um, so yeah, presumably he knocked uh, Alphonse out. But when we were when we were rewatching it, I think that what actually happened is he just he used alchemy. To make whatever he bound the boys to the chair with. Um, and the reason that I have to okay. believe that is because they're really loosey-goosey with, like... Rules. Alf yes, rules. And specifically, in this case, rules about Alphonse and being conscious. Because um, we've already... God, we can't even go one episode without talking about the manga. Normally, in the manga, he is... Once he is bonded to the armor, he is just awake at all times. He, he cannot sleep. Right. And that was something that really grabbed me when I started watching it as like a, that really sucks for a character to have to do that. Because mm -hmm. um, he loves but, to sleep. But here it seems like, okay, all right. <laughs> um, but here it seems like he can sleep, he can get knocked out, mm -hmm. um, and who knows what else he can do. Now, you had a note about how does he knock, how, how does he affect Alphonse's consciousness without affecting Alphonse's soul bond? Because normally yeah. when Alphonse is unconscious in the manga, it's a significant event. It is a it significant event because it has to do with the fact that his soul bond is breaking down. Yes, he's losing his he's, connection to the armor. Right, he might, because he the might idea die. is like we talked about last time, Mercury, Salt, Sulfur, where there's a body, mind, and soul, and the soul is connected to the body via the mind. So the second that that mind severance is, is snipped, that is when the soul leaves the body. So whenever yeah. Alphonse is leaving, that whenever Alphonse is unconscious... 
that means that his soul is no longer bonded to whatever yeah. that body is. That, it, it is, is a gone. dangerous thing. It is a scary thing. Because not, his mind not, is no longer present. Yeah, you can't just knock him out, is the point. Um, now, I can I can excuse this, because we're, we're about to find out that Maj Hall, like, specializes in soul binding. Mm-hmm. So I'm okay, and we, already, we know that he knows that Alphonse is a soul bound to armor. So yeah. I'm okay with the idea that if the rules are different here, Maj Hall can, like, play with Alphonse's consciousness without necessarily damaging the soul bond. All right. Um, so I'm kind of fine with that. But overall, it's just a worse mechanic. And even if he doesn't knock him unconscious and he's just making the bond, the, the bonds, I have a problem with that, which we'll talk about later. Um, right. Yeah, because he, he shouldn't... Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It shouldn't be with that transmutation circle he's got on his wrist. That, that's my big problem. That's here. not my problem. We'll um, talk about my problem, but I don't want to spoil it. All, all right. right. So so, we, so we, the boys are now chained together. Yeah. Um, Hall says that they saw something that they shouldn't have seen. Uh, Lebby is also still here. Yep. Just nearby. She just kind of hangs out behind Hall and watches. Um, like with her head down a little bit. She's just there. She's just there, quiet, listening. Yeah. Like we just said, Hall now tells the boys that he can do this soul binding. Yep. Um which is how he knew that Alphonse was uh, a soul bound to a vessel. But he's just been doing it with like random village girls and he's been binding them to these puppets. Yes. The puppets are life-size, by the way, I should clarify. But he's just doing, he's just using random village girls to do it. Yes, and we actually get in this, he says that spirits don't like to bond to vessels that are unlike them. And this is actually our first hint at something um, called soul rejection, which is when a vessel that is not made for the soul really starts to repel it. Or the yeah. soul doesn't want to be bonded to that anymore. And it's it's a really nice thing to introduce. Really nice kink. Um, very good gun to have. Yeah. Because presumably... Well, and the thing with this... At least with this episode is that presumably when he does this, he's just putting the girl's soul into Karin's body. Yeah. Which is, which is pretty messed up. Yeah. Um, and you talked about how like uh, we have to continue increasing the stakes and the danger with each arc. Yes. Um. So he, he, to me, he is worse than Father Cornello in terms of, like, yeah. being a bad person. Because he's, like, murdering these girls yes. for, for nothing, really. He doesn't oh, he yeah. doesn't get any lasting benefit out of it. Yeah, he's a, he's a terrible person. But they're, they're really going for it. They're, they're really trying to top Cornello here. But he is just binding the souls of these village girls to car and mannequins. Um, and that basically means that he is kidnapping these girls and then putting them in this right. basement in the middle of this transmutation circle um, and he is binding them to Karin and then when they die because the soul leaves their body and goes into the mannequin he just dumps their bodies somewhere in town. Yeah. So that's what happened to Claus's sister. And then we get his reason they, for doing this. Oh my god. Oh, this this is, is <laughs> mad about this now. This is my turn to tap out. It's his, it's his turn to be angry. Um, he says Why that, are you doing this? And, and, and Maj Hall says Karin is the only woman I ever loved. Don't, don't, mm, don't make that your character's motivation. It's so boring. It's so weak. It's so... I don't care. I'm not interested in that. If he... Honestly, if he was like... I just wanted to see if I could like get this to work. Yeah, that's like an amazing motivation for a scientist. It's just... Yeah. I wanted to know. Like, that is, that is something yeah. that can take you to incredible depths of depravity. Right. And it's... Like, and I guess you can make the argument that, like, at a certain point, he lost sight of getting Karin back. Mm-hmm. Um, and that he is just trying to make, like, a successful soul bomb, but that's not how they play it. Yeah, they, they definitely play, play it, like it as he is yeah. trying to make Karin. Right. Um, um, which... it's, just, it's just a stupid, stupid motivation. It's the, it's the lowest hanging fruit that they could have possibly picked 
for why does this guy do this? Right. But he says it was impossible for him to do human transmutation. And I don't understand why, because we see him standing in the middle of a human transmutation circle, but like, was he not good enough? Couldn't figure it out? Was he stupid? Did he just freak out and get scared and run away? Like, what happened here? Right. Because if he had, like, theoretically demonstrated that it wasn't possible, that would have been huge. Yeah. But if he had tried it, he presumably would have some of the same scars that the boys have. Right. But he just says, I couldn't do it. So he didn't. Sick. Um, and then he basically tells the boys that now they're going to assist him in this. And they're like, nah. And he says that they're as stubborn as, you're as stubborn as your old man. (laughs) They're as stubborn as Hohenheim. Um, Claus appears. Yep. Why? I just realized that why does Claus come here? Why does Claus have any reason to come here? So. Plot. (laughs) So Maj Hall, yeah, it's it's another thing. Oh no, she, she gives an excuse. Does she? She says she like heard something. Oh no, she wanted to come by to thank him. That's right. For that's right. Okay. what he did at the gravesite. Right. So she we're does getting, have a reason. Okay, we're getting a little too eager to knock on this show. So you are, you are correct. Yes. She comes by to thank Maj Hall. Uh, and he returns that thanks by knocking her out. Yes. Um, and then this point, is the Levy moment that Lebby decides to, to wake up. And she goes, wait, no. And then he knocks Lebby out. Yeah. And um, runs away. So he, he grabs claws and runs away. And then uh, the boys, seemingly waiting until this moment, break their chains via yeah. brute strength. Edward's like, we got to do something. And Alphonse is like, <laughs> and yes. then they break the chains. Which is why I had a problem earlier. Which if, if he was just making the chains around them and he was just binding Alphonse, why didn't Alphonse just break them? Right. Why, why didn't Alphonse, Alphonse just break them 30 minutes fight, ago? Fight back. Um, but then Ed runs to Lebby and he sees a blue rose petal in her hair. Wait, do you think that Lebby is Karin? No, that'd be crazy. That. We're making fun of the writers, guys. Just play along. Um, <laughs> so Then we see Maj Hall is yes. in another room. in another room, room yep. And he has got claws bound in a human transmutation circle back to back with a mannequin of Karin. And he's he's <laughs> activated this transmutation circle already. And here we go. Here oh, we are. Here's oh the climax. Um, and Edward runs in and he goes, Karin didn't die. She lost her memory. Uh, and actually, how does, what yeah, happens, how does he get in? Uh, Langdon, take us through this. How he gets uh, in, please. So in order to get into this room, he uses alchemy to open the wall up, which is totally fine. Yeah. But they barely animate it. There's like two frames of animation. And they do that same thing that they've been doing a few times where they like fade it into the next frame instead of doing like a smooth animation by adding more frames or even just cutting from one to the next. It looks awful. It looks really, really cheap. And it goes back to what I was saying earlier. Like, I don't think that a lot of love or time or money was put into this show. And also, there's no place for the materials that were taken out of the wall to make the opening to go. So we don't even like know what's happened here like where yeah. where the material equi- what's equivalent exchange guys yeah what the fuck is equivalent exchange so yeah he so and when we first watched the episode we didn't even know how he got in the room i assumed he just came through a door because we, we were writing notes but when we were re-watching it we were like wait a second yeah it's crazy he spent those two frames to do alchemy um, but he's here and he's telling Majhal that Karin didn't die. She just lost her memory. And when and her memory came back, she returned to this village, but you didn't recognize her. And and I'm just sitting there like, what? Then why didn't she say something when he didn't recognize her? Like, well, now, dude, say something. Now is Tell her him. Edward rips off Levy's hood. It's Karin. And we know this. 
because there's a blue rose in oh, her yeah. hair. So, so <laughs> she's a little older. Yeah, but it's definitely her, which we knew way earlier. The uh-huh. first time we saw her, pretty much. Yeah. Um, the first time we saw Karin, we knew that Karin and Levy were the same person. Yes. Uh, so this mystery doesn't pay off at all. Um, Maj Hall, though, this is news to him. He is shocked <laughs> he is because he apparently stunned. can't see and is really stupid. Yes. Um, but this also means that she, because she was, she's in the house tonight. No, she's she's there. So she she knew that all this was happening, and she just let him keep transmuting girls. Doesn't try to intervene tonight. She's just like, baby, I still love you. I'll be quiet and good. Like then she made Ed pass out, and she's just stood by while he tied up Edward Malfons. It's how long has this woman known? How many murders has she been complicit in? I don't know. That's actually a good question because, like, is she always in his house? I don't. He he's clearly, he has like, given like zero reaction to her being there. He doesn't tie her until, up or anything until the moment when she tries to protest. He's and then he's just like, "Get off of me!" <laughs> but like before that, he she's there and he's giving no reaction to the fact that she's there. So this is clearly normal. Yes, and then or they've talked about it. Feminists rejoice. Maj Hall says that can't be Karen. Karin was more beautiful than any woman, like a rose. And Ed says, flowers wither, but Karin's feelings haven't changed. <laughs> so this is like the second time in this episode where I gave up. Um, it's a really bad episode, and I, I, I really wanted it to be good. There's I so really to be much good. just, there's so much misogyny in this episode. And like, it's pretty rampant in early odds anime in general, but... This is just bad. It's... And we're not even we're not even finished, guys. We haven't even seen all of the misogyny in this episode. <laughs> it's it's we're still getting started. But so so given that Lebby knew that this that Majhal was doing this. Yeah. Presu- I, I, presumably the whole t- duration of this episode, right? Sure. But like so that means that you know last episode we got to examine Roy Mustang's schedule for the night that right. Edward and Alphonse were doing their human transmutation. Let's examine Karen's or Lebby's schedule now, okay? I can't wait. So, um step 1, get up in the morning, put blue rose on hair just in case. Right, just in case this is the day that I'm finally outed to this person I've been following for years and years. Yes, that that I could have told my identity to at any time. Cover self with cloak. Go to Maj Hall's, clout, uh, Maj Hall's house. Mm-hmm. Catch the boys. Wave the candle to... Uh, it's unclear. Watch Maj Hall knock out the armored boy by... Also unclear. Mm-hmm. Do nothing. Say nothing about identity. Either help or watch Maj Hall chain up the boys. Then do nothing. Mm-hmm. And say nothing about identity. Right. Then listen to Maj Hall threaten children. Good. While doing nothing. Okay. And saying nothing about identity. Watch Maj Hall kidnap a female child. Protest lightly because this is somehow worse than the two boys. Um, get hit and fall down. Stop the boys from running after the kidnapped female child. Stop them. Tell them her life story. Oh. <laughs> I didn't even think about that time. <laughs> and probably while Majal kills the female child, definitely while he starts the alchemical process, and then follow the boys to this confrontation. That's That's been her evening, guys. That's all. So 
Now confronted with Karin's fading good looks, Majhal says, <laughs> shut up, I'll kill you. And then he grabs, he grabs Angel's Right, because I, I guess it's like I guess it's implied that he makes these puppets of Karin because he has a bunch yeah. of like equipment nearby. I mean, where else um, are you getting? But, but but also like, dude, you an alchemist? Why are you hand carving yeah. these puppets? Okay, Just get yourself a tree. <laughs> Just go in the woods and pick any of them. <laughs> no one will miss it. Good God! He grabs a chisel, and this is where I was just. I have no more hope. I, I think I died at this point and Astro projected out of my body. <laughs> I, there's, there's, oh my God. Um, but he grabs a chisel and like, you know what? Fuck equivalent exchange because he turns this little wooden chisel into a huge blade. Yeah, I mean, a sword. I suppose that maybe this is where all the materials from that hole in the wall Edward made went. Oh. Like he just grabbed them off the floor through I don't know his leg or something. Like when Father Cornello added all those dead birds to the one bird to make the big bird. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. What are the rules, guys? Yeah. Well, we're gonna have I to... don't understand the rules. <laughs> Every time there's like a real blatant equivalent exchange. <laughs> Every time oh there's God. like a real blatant equivalent exchange violation, we'll have to figure out how they actually did it. Oh my God. Uh, it's, it's crazy. Um, then there's a fight scene. Fight, 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 fight. Which we don't see, really. We were excited for it because <laughs> if you're an anime watcher, fight scenes are, that's, that's good stuff. Yeah, they're fun to watch. Um, when you get to watch them. Here, uh, Majhal screams, and he runs at the boys, um, and Alphonse blocks the first charge because he has a big suit of armor. Um, mm -hmm. Edward grabs the blue rose from Karin's hair, and he transmutes it into a ribbon? I think so. So he, so he draws a circle, he transmutes the rose into a ribbon, and then he just kind of whips it, but you don't, and he lets you don't out see this anything whale. happen. It's this really weird whale where he's just like, ah! Yeah, but the but the next thing you see is uh, Majhal's sword just kind of spinning in the air. Yes, and then we get a shot of like the rest of this action is very much left for the viewer yeah. to imagine. They, they, yeah, they really don't show you anything. So so they don't even show you what he does with the ribbon. You have to assume that he either grabs the sword out of Majhal's hands or he grabs like Majhal's leg and like stumbles. Like guys, you need an imagination to watch this anime, which sometimes. I don't want to use an imagination. Yeah. I just want to sit down and be spoon-fed a story. Yeah. Like, I... Oh, God. But we don't... It's not like there isn't time as well to show all of this. There's a lot of, of Maj Hall screaming. There is a lot of Maj Hall screaming because the next thing we get is this shot of Maj Hall looking shocked and scared for a solid few seconds while this sword goes spinning through the air and then he is, he is impaled... On his own flying sword. Which and it's a real weird physical moment. Yeah, because the sword is spinning in the air. Yeah. And then presumably, like, straight down, punctures him, like, in, like, the belly button and comes out his back. And, and comes out his back nails and then him to nails the ground. him to the ground. But he also doesn't slide down the sword like a wet person who has just been yeah. impaled is wont to do it's it's he just stays suspended right below the hilt it's very strange yeah. we, we might be nitpicking again we might but be so many of the decisions in the show are bad that i, I like i don't have anything to praise them on 
Yeah. So I'm just going to call out all of their mistakes. Yes. Um, um, and um, so he, he's they, they honestly, But they honestly, from this moment, from the moment of him staring at it, flying at him, to the long moments that they stay, that they stay on him as he has been impaled, they mm-hmm. could have used that time to animate anything. But dude, they had they had a whole like twenty four minute episode. They could have cut space out of almost Literally any other scene, any other scene, and given it to this fight scene because this is the most. This ought to be the most exciting scene of the whole episode, right? But it's cut short in ways that don't make a lot of sense. Like all of the action is cut out of this. To the, to, and, and I found it super egregious, which is why I keep bringing it up, but to the point where Edward makes the ribbon and you don't see what he does with it. You have to imagine for yourself what he does with it. Yeah, he just and, makes a ribbon and flings it through the air. We don't see it make contact with the sword. Exactly. Just and, and if anybody thinks that we're like being super dramatic about that, go, go watch, watch the it. episode on Netflix. The ribbon doesn't make contact with anything. He just flips it through the air. And that is all we see of it. Yep. But Karn's really sad. Yes, she's sad because her boyfriend, her ex-boyfriend, has been impaled. Um, yes. But he refuses to admit that she's Karin because he is hot for puppet. Um, he, you see him like look over Karin's shoulder as his, as he's like fading and he's staring. And he's like, at "You're not Karin," and then he's like, "Karin." Yeah. And he, he he says he delivers his dying words to to the puppet. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and it's like, hey, I, I can't blame him. Get over him, it, girl. It is get a good looking over puppet. him. He's yeah. no good for you. Um, but then to end this scene, we see some of the fireworks going off. and Which I don't get because they're like, the fireworks represent spirits being like sent up to heaven. He ain't going he to heaven. He don't know what happened. I don't <laughs> shoot, care. Shoot a, shoot a firework into the lake. Um, <laughs> um, and we see, we see a blue rose petal on the ground to like button this scene. They could have cut that and put that into action. I'm they really mad. could have. There's I'm a really lot. Mad. But um, then the next day we get a, sh- we oh get the Edward God. brothers, or we get the Elric brothers again. And Edward comes up to Alphonse and is like, what are you moping about, Al? Yeah, like, what are you, we what are you just... sad about? We just watched a person die last night. What are you so upset about? And Alphonse says, I was thinking that alchemy can also delude people, which we have seen yeah. in our timeline, but this is also a moment when they're kind of seeing this for the first time. Yeah. Yeah, because so far, alchemy has been a pretty much a totally positive influence on their life, with the single exception that their dad was an alchemist and he left them. And the single exception that they uh, they did they did a bad thing with alchemy. I did forget about the inciting event of the whole <laughs> series. You are, you are correct. Um, yes, but for the most part, alchemy is a good thing. Um, and, but in this show, we really only see it used for bad. Right, but they board this carriage to get out of town. Yeah, yeah. And get back to the train station. <laughs> they, they've killed the most important person in town, so their work is done. <laughs> and then Problem this, solved. This young woman with long, dark hair waves them down, and, and she apologizes and says that they're good alchemists, and it's it's claws. The the boys don't recognize her right away because right. because she's she's got long hair and also her eyes are drawn differently again. again. Like yeah. not even the same that they were when we first met her. They're they're different. She's yeah. gone through three eye shapes in this single yeah. episode. Well, and she she looks a little bit older to me. But definitely um, like more demure. Yeah. Like they, yeah, they definitely gave her like more like the eyes that she had before were very like child eyes where it's like you don't care about this character 
But now she has, like, eyes that actually look like they belong on an adult. Soulful. Kind of, yeah. And then um, she's she gets mad at them because they they kind of neg a little bit. Yeah, yeah. They, they have some playful banter. And then they get on their carriage. And then Edward takes the time. <laughs> takes the time to yell back at her. Um, he First, you have to understand, he opens the carriage door. They are boarded up in this carriage as they are pulling away from this town. And Edward's like, wait, I forgot something. And he opens yeah. up the carriage door and is like, you definitely look better in those. Referring to the, the female clothing that she is now wearing. The female associated clothing that she's now wearing. And... Literally, fuck you, Ed. Yeah. Like, when has Ed given a flying shit about what anyone... Like, Ed, look in a mirror. That's what it's, I was saying earlier, yeah. <laughs> it's, look what you're... Do you talk to Lieutenant Hawkeye with that mouth? She'll kill, She'll you. kill you. You'll be dead. Yeah. Um, but I can't get over it. Like, he literally... Like, they're, they're like a hundred yards away. And he opens the door of the carriage specifically because he's like, Oh, I forgot... You look better wearing girl clothes. Fuck you. <laughs> um, and the, and the way that they like stage this is like it's definitely the end of Claus's like arc. Like her development was learning how to dress. Yeah. Feminine. She doesn't really get any like oh. closure about her sister being killed. She just starts dressing like a girl, and that means that her story is complete. And in fairness, they do set it up like. At one point, they, like, bring up the fact that she wears boys' clothes, and she kind of, like, deflects and doesn't address the question of, like, why are you wearing boys' clothes if you're a girl? But also, like, Fuck who you. cares? I wasn't watching this episode being like, and when is Claus gonna put on a dress, guys? Come on. <laughs> exactly. That was the uh, furthest thing from my mind. And then she's waving goodbye to them, and she's got tears in her eyes. Yep. She's like, <laughs> Yeah, she's laughing with tears in her eyes as she waves them away. Yeah, it feels like, like, it's, I don't know if you watched, like, like, Pokemon on Saturday mornings, but, like, a lot of their episodes end with, like, Ash and friends, like, walking out of town and whoever they helped that week, <laughs> like, waving goodbye to them. It feels like that. It's, it's In, like, the it's worst like way possible. Switching to girl clothing is the moment that she decided to put away all thoughts of anger and revenge and grief <laughs> over her sister. This is her moment of... Yeah growing up and being being a complete person is wearing female clothing and not what she wants um but yeah it's oh it's bizarre and then we get of course our our end credits which again we like yeah yeah oh we didn't yeah yeah our final thoughts on this episode um and kind of our wrap up and and how it fits in as a piece to the series we've seen so far so we usually watch each episode a couple times and we try to take notes on them um and when we sat down for our first watch on this episode, it was kind of late at night, and I think we both wanted to, like, let's get it in so that we have it done, and then we can do our discussion, our, our preliminary discussion. Uh, but we wanted it to be a really quick first watch, like, like we, we pause, but we wanted it to be, like, 45 minutes tops. Yeah. It was much longer. Yeah, it was about twice that length. It was, it was yeah. a solid hour and a half to watch yeah. a single episode. And part of that was because you had to take a 15-minute drinking break. I did. For the, for the flame. I did. Thing. I had to take a flicker uh, break. But the point is, like, this episode is, like, really bad. Yes, Like, none of the episodes have been especially good so far, but this episode is really bad, and it doesn't even, like, I guess having the manga wouldn't be an excuse, but, like, this is you guys, the team writing the show, all on your own. And I really wanted them to, like, show me what they can do and show me their ideas for handling this franchise. Yeah. And I was And ideas for handling... 
a, a complete lo- like logical story. Yeah. Just yeah. any story. I, I Just was, write me a short story. I was severely, severely disappointed. Yeah. Um, I think your first point here was that there is no fallout from no, this episode. No, there's none. There's nothing that happens to them. They're just kind of like, all right, we're done here. Nobody we learned killed somebody, anything. let's get out. The only person who grew was Claws. That is even debatable. And like, but were there more people in this town being terrorized than Claws? Because nobody else shows up to thank yeah. them. And like, did yeah. they help a whole town or just, where's Claws's father? Did she not go home and tell her dad, daddy, I almost died tonight? Like, but so, so what they do in Leor with Father Cornello in episodes one and two has consequences. It yes. actually has, like, I, I don't know if it'll be the same way in the anime, but it has, has widespread ramifications. Right. Well, and yeah, because Lust talked about setting that town up as a decoy, and they put yeah. a new Father Cornello in because they still have business in Leor. Yeah. That matters. What happened there matters. Yes. This what town here? isn't even named. Yeah. This has no bearing on anything. So, but also, what is what is the game of this? Yes. anime what is the game yes. here because most so, anime have a game like when you watch pokemon we show up in town we pull our pokemon out of our pokeballs they fight each other and then we go see nurse joy and then we leave and, like, and there's nothing wrong with that and like po- pokemon does it well pokemon's targeted at a younger age group and yeah. i think that that like episode by episode formula works really Absolutely. really well for that age group jojo's bizarre adventure which is a uh, anime that i know diane adores nope. she's a big big fan of it not um but they do a really, really good job with it, too, because I watch that show, and I know that the JoJo gang is going to fight an enemy stand user. It's going to take one, two, or three episodes, and that's it. I, I don't need it to be any more complicated than that. Mm-hmm. Um, a show, like, I think the example we used was Ozark. You can't just tune in for one episode no, you've got with to... expectations. You have to follow it as a series. Yeah. And Full Metal should be the same way. Granted, as you're setting up your show, you do want to do a bit of like expectation setting, and you want to say, if you tune into an episode of this show, this is kind of what you can expect, which is why yeah. a lot of animes uh, kind will of start with couple, like done in ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They take a they take a few episodes to do like a one or two, a few yeah. one or two episode arcs. If any of you guys read comic books and you pick up a new series, this is this is pretty much how all of them will work. Is you'll have like maybe a two issue single arc, mm-hmm. and then three, four, five, and six will all be done in ones. Mm-hmm. And then you'll get into your story. And that's yeah. what The Mandalorian Season 1 does. Right. Um, so it's it's very... Like, we're expecting that. But, like, from this episode, I just have to wonder what the game is. Right. Are they, are they now going... Can we expect for all these one-and-dones to be them going to a new town, finding their dad's old friends, and beating them up? <laughs> murdering them. Stabbing and then them. murdering them. Yeah. Uh, that that is what I would expect. Based or do we on, go based... around exposing shady alchemist of the week? Like right, based on the the arc with Father Cornello and based on this episode, uh, the flashback kind of stands on its own. Shouldn't have been the third episode, uh, regardless. Um, yeah, but that's kind of what I'm expecting here. Is that these boys travel around Amestris, they go into towns where alchemy is causing problems, and they fix the problems with violence. And, and that that's that's a totally totally fine like way to do a show. But this does. This mm-hmm. show doesn't do it well, right? Um, um, still have a lot of questions. Yes. Um, I don't know why birds go pop. I don't know how <laughs> we view life and dead things. I don't know what the rules for alchemy are in this universe because Majal's wristband could do all sorts of shit, mm-hmm. but not the actual soul bonding. It could do pretty much everything, right. but the soul bonding. It, it does whatever the writers need it to do because the writers don't have any discipline. They don't have any. Uh, mm. They don't have any rules for themselves. Things exist 
insofar as they are useful. Because yeah. we're inter- like we talked about at the beginning. For, well, Montreal's wristband and alchemy in general is a great example because they're yeah. doing whatever they want with it. They really are. Um, and they're not paying any attention to equivalent exchange because right. in, in the manga, when someone uses alchemy, you there see... There are immediate results. Or right. re- remedi- every action has an equal opposite reaction. Yes. You see, like, <laughs> stop referencing Hamilton. I we're wasn't. Recording. I was referencing Isaac uh, Newton. Um... Sh- <laughs> Everyone believes you. Um, the point is, uh, when someone does alchemy, you see an indentation because the materials that they use to make whatever they're making were taken out of whatever they're making it from. And that just doesn't happen here. Um, and even with like the rumor of there being a zombie in the town, that's kind of played at a few different levels. Like It's obviously widespread enough that the security mm-hmm. guard at the train station has heard it and also advises the boys against going to that town because of it. Right. But then when Claus brings it up, Maj Hall and her dad are both kind of like, zombie, what are you talking about? Yeah. Um, nobody in the town really seems to care about it until Maj Hall kills the zombie and then they throw him a whole party. So it's really like, they don't, the writers don't have any rules for themselves about, they don't set any no. limits. They, they're okay to introduce something and then say, oh, this is useful now. Or it's more useful like this at this point, but I don't need to go back and change how I've already established it. Yeah. It's very It's not very good. It's very, very There's bad not a writing. lot of continuity. Uh, um, we don't know what the noise the mannequins made was. That just that just existed and was never explained. Yeah, it doesn't even follow rule of three because we only hear it twice. We hear it in the house, which that scene, the, the scene that is entirely Alphonse and Edward are talking. They agree Maj Hall's the only person in town who could do human transmutation. They hear a noise. Cut that scene. Totally unnecessary. Right. Don't need it at all. That's, yeah. But, um, But oh, no. we never find out why they make noise or what the noise is. Yeah, we don't. Um, We still don't know anything about Winry. We don't know who she is or why she's important. She's just their friend. And she's cool. She is, she's so cool. Um, I still don't care about Roy Mustang. Who is he? Also, I'm not going to care when I do see who he is because somebody else can already do flame alchemy. Right. And so it doesn't matter. Nothing matters. Absolutely nothing matters, Langdon. Nothing. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. You're really, really upset about it. And I, like, so I, I paused it. As soon as I saw Majhal do flame alchemy, I paused the episode because I knew we'd have to take a break. Um, and I don't think you saw because I think you were writing notes at the time. So I had to go back a few seconds and play it, and you you just left the room. <laughs> I didn't think she was coming back. Um, I'm so mad. But but it's a now that I think we have a little more space to talk about it more freely. Again, flame alchemy is a big deal. He is really the only is. person who knows how so to do it. The the thing about flame alchemy in the manga is that this was Roy Mustang's ticket to becoming a flame alchemist because only one other person in the country knew how to do it. Yeah. And he couldn't even get that person to tell him how. Right. And so we had to con the research. I say con, it's, it's very open to interpretation, but get the research from this guy's mm-hmm. daughter and then use that to go become a flame alchemist and then later go back and destroy that research so that nobody else can do it. Yeah. It is very unique to him. Right. So so this idea that someone else can just do it. It's crazy. It's, and the, the one potential saving grace that they have is that Maj Hall does not make this flame. He yeah. takes it from the lantern that he's carrying. But even so, I the agree. idea of flame alchemy has to do with combustion temperatures and yes. with energy and, and it's 
combustion is a is a very well studied and documented science and that is the mm-hmm. science that mustang focuses on even if you are moving fire from place to place that is still relying on that same same scientific basis so and that that actually leads into a, maybe the only pro that i have for the show at this point and it's not even necessarily a pro but alchemy in the manga is very is incredibly specialized yeah. most of the people we see do alchemy are state alchemists who all have their own kind of unique thing uh, so Roy Mustang is the flame alchemist, uh, mm-hmm. and he does flame alchemy almost exclusively. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex Lewis Armstrong is the strong arm alchemist, and he does he kind of like does sh- kind of sculpture, yeah, almost. Yeah, yeah, that's actually probably the best way to say it. Um, but again, it's somewhat unique to him. He's really the only one who does it. Um, the guy who does the tops, um, <laughs> Comanche. Yes, Comanche. He's the only one who does that. And Edward and Alphonse are are really the only two who we see doing a lot of different things with their alchemy. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't say but they're, they're the also only very ones. uniquely suited to do it because exactly. they don't Edward at least doesn't need a human tra- or doesn't need a transmutation circle exactly um, but something that you've been talking about with Roy Mustang as you've been doing your own character study of him in the Mastering Candidate mm-hmm. is that he's not even particularly like great Gifted. at alchemy no he's really not he, he can do this one thing really really well but that's that like you but that's said, something that he he had to go to somebody else to teach him how to do it he didn't get where he is by himself right he has constantly been on the backs of other people well and hypothetically if that research were to become public plenty of people could do it yeah um so i found it kind of odd that maj hall and like granted he doesn't do anything totally crazy other than make a big sword with his alchemy but he's doing all kinds of different alchemy. He's fixing things. He's right. reshaping things. He's turning things into other things. And he's doing flame alchemy. Um, again, there's no real rules to their alchemy system. They're just doing whatever they want, whenever they want, when it's mm-hmm. convenient. Um, when is this flashback over? Because you've already seen it. I right? don't know. I don't, I don't. I don't know. I'm not sure. I really. I'm really frustrated that they gave us like a, 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 an arc that kind of fell flat in Lior. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe it only fell flat because we know how much better it's handled in the manga. Yeah. Um, but they, they do this arc to introduce the characters, and then they immediately get into backstory. Before I had any questions about backstory. Right. Before I had any questions about the characters, they didn't even give me time to ask questions about Edward and Alphonse. Yeah. And, and they're already and, in backstory. Like, right. I don't... I, I I can't care about them that way. I'm sorry. You've got to get me to care about them in the present day. Yeah. And, and I said last episode that, I, that if I was watching this uh, just on my own, I probably would have walked away already. And I don't feel differently here. This episode yeah, does nothing I, for me. I'm actually starting to agree with you after this episode. This episode was not good. This episode fucking sucks balls. 